0: This week's episode is sponsored by our friends at First Baptist North Spartanburg. First North exists to connect people to God and one another through Jesus Christ, to help them grow in their relationship with him and to serve others in the name of Jesus. You can join them in worship led by the choir and orchestra at 9 a.m. or led by the praise band at 11 a.m. each Sunday morning. Bible fellowship is in between at 10. There is something exciting happening for all ages at First North. You can find them on Facebook or at firstnorth.org. Again, that's firstnorth.org. Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast, an outreach of Impact Sports International. We seek to use sports as a vehicle to take the gospel to the hard to reach, the lost, and the forgotten, whether that's just 10 minutes down the road or on the other side of the world. Here's your host, John Andrews hey guys and welcome back to the i say all that to say this podcast i'm your host john andrews we are continuing our series today called coaching is leadership and leadership is coaching a few years ago my wife and i were asked to speak about coaching at a leadership conference when i got up to speak i realized that not everyone in the room was a coach i had prepared for a room full of coaches you know those guys and gals that are on the sideline every day with a whistle in mouth leading young people but they were actually the minority in the room and I knew I had to adjust on the fly and thankfully God put these words in my mind if you're not currently on the sideline training young people in the ways of your particular sport it's okay because coaching is leadership and leadership is coaching in other words a great coach has to be a great leader and every great leader must be a great coach the principles are the same regards whether you're on a field or a court or in the living room with your family or in a boardroom a good coach calls out the best in those that they coach a good leader does the same a leader helps people become more than they ever thought they could a coach does the same different styles and strategies work for different coaches but there are some keys to leadership and coaching that are universal and during this series we've been interviewing different coaches in different sports asking them about their leadership successes and their failures and what they found to be the cornerstones of leadership. Today, my guest is Coach Mark Line. Mark has been around college sports for over 30 years, and a large majority of those have been spent at Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Mark coached baseball there for 10 years. He posted a 210 and 158 record, career record, and for uh, a long time, he was the winningest coach in school history. That has just recently been uh, broken. But Mark retired from coaching following the 1995 season, and served as the Associate Dean of Students in the Wofford Student Affairs Office, and then a few years later in 2003, Coach Lyon moved back to athletics and took on the role as Associate Athletic Director for Internal Operations and Sports Programs. He was promoted to Senior Associate Athletic Director in 2012, and was named the Deputy Athletic Director in March of 2017. Lyon was selected as a 2004 inductee into the Wofford's Wofford's Athletic Hall of Fame. Uh, The first base dugout, Russell C. King Field, where the baseball team plays now, uh, is named in Coach Lyon's honor. Mark and his wife Pam, they have two children. Elise is a 2000 graduate of Wofford. And Sam is a 2014 graduate of Emory and Henry College, where he played baseball. And probably most important, they have a seven-month-old grandson named Oliver. Coach Lyon, thanks for joining us today. I'm excited to have you on.
1: I'm just really glad to be here, John. Thanks for having me. Uh,
0: in addition to your 10 years at Wofford coaching, how many years total have you been coaching?
1: Uh, that's a question I had to do some math on this morning uh, when we were talking about this. But I've been coaching for about 46 years. Wow. Uh, and that's after graduating from Erskine uh, in 77 and actually coached a couple of years while I was there uh, during our interim termals. Oh, wow.
0: You, you were a student at Erskine and coaching at Erskine at the same time? Coaching at a
1: high school oh, gotcha. while I was at Erskine.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And have all those years been baseball or have you coached other sports?
1: I've coached other sports. Uh, when I first got out of college, I coached football, baseball, and basketball at Calhoun Academy in St. Matthews. Okay. I may have been the worst football coach ever uh, in the history of the sport. But I am
0: neck and neck with you right there in that in that, <laughs> but, that but
1: baseball has been my primary sport. I actually coached Wofford's women's basketball team for a year. Really? Uh, when we had a retirement and uh, and thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. That was 1995-96.
0: Uh, okay. And do you remember what your record was?
1: Yeah, we actually, actually my we were when I took the team over. I took them over at Christmas. We were zero and eleven, and we ended up winning four games, and we were four and nineteen.
0: Look at that! Yeah, look at that! Couldn't win without you. (laughs) Uh, So, you uh, you mentioned forty six years of coaching. Uh, I mentioned your time at Wofford. Have you coached at another university? Have you coached at college level yes. at other places? I
1: coached baseball at Western Kentucky University okay. in eighty one, eighty two. Okay,
0: and then the rest of the time has been at the high school level. Seven years at the high school level, okay.
1: and the rest thirty seven years at Wofford.
0: Okay, and then your side hustle is coaching Legion baseball too, right?
1: Yeah, American Legion baseball has always been special to me. I played as a as a, a high school student, and still coach uh, even uh, this last summer.
0: Hmm. Wow. And uh, having your son grow up and being a baseball player, and now he's a baseball coach as well, right. uh, it runs in, the, runs in the family. It does,
1: and, and it goes back further than that. My dad was a, uh, a, a contractor, but uh, actually a coach at heart and uh, should have been a coach uh, uh, and taught us. And my brothers, I had two older brothers, and they are the reason I'm in coaching now. They, uh, they were older than me and taught me how to do most everything I know how to do.
0: Mm and so speaking of that what was your playing background before you coached
1: i played uh, all three sports in high school okay. and then went to erskine college as a as a baseball coach
0: in in today's society you know, explain what all three sports are i know what you mean but yeah, we need, so to, we need great, to clarify
1: you know that's that that tells you my age is yeah. what that does because uh, in the old days baseball basketball and football were the three sports right. uh, and and now that's just not true anymore and and uh, uh, and that's a good catch there. But but I, I went to Erskine, uh, loved my time there in Due West, and uh, played for a, a, a dear old friend who passed away a year ago uh, and taught me a lot about coaching hmm. and uh, had a great time there. Wasn't a great player, uh, but had the best time playing and got a great uh, education and taught me how to teach.
0: Hmm. What position did you play?
1: I was a center fielder in college. In high school, I was a catcher.
0: Okay. All right. And uh, just out of curiosity, what position were you on the football team?
1: I was a quarterback, and I didn't play until I was a senior. Uh, okay. Uh, my basketball coach was also the football coach in the high school, yep. and uh, talked me into playing my senior year, and I had a great time, uh, but wasn't
0: very good at that either. <laughs> I'm detecting a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and in in basketball, would you play? I was point guard. Okay. I figured that they didn't Uh,
1: want me to shoot much.
0: Yeah, just just get it up before and pass it to somebody else. Somebody else that can shoot it. I hear you. Uh, And you grew up and went to high school where? Went to uh,
1: high school my first year in Kentucky, and my family moved to South Carolina when I was a sophomore, and we lived in St. Matthews and graduated from St. Matthews High School.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so you've been involved with Impact Sports for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact. I need to thank you and I want to do this on air mm-hmm. with all these other people listening um, and really not even thank you thank your wife because the very first time you volunteered to leave one of our baseball clinics uh, you invited me and my wife my family and then a couple of the other coaches that were going to help over to your house for dinner uh, and I think we were starting on a, this was during the summertime yeah. we were starting on Monday so Sunday night you invited us over to your house for dinner and uh, just to kind of come up with a game plan and, and strategize a little bit and your wife made chicken casserole and we loved it and our kids loved it and so my wife reached out to Pam and said hey can you send me that um, that casserole recipe that we had at your house and that's become one of the comfort foods in our house in fact my son you know he just left for college two weeks ago and last meal before he left my wife asked him what, what would you like to have for for dinner last last meal before you head off to college he said chicken casserole Wow. So, uh, I don't remember anything that we strategized about mm-hmm. that night, but we uh, we discovered chicken casserole that night. And so, thank you. Well, that's pretty cool. My wife will enjoy here. Thank that, Pam. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but you helped us with uh, with with the uh, baseball camps early on, um, and you have been. You and Pam are consistent supporters of our ministry through our One Five Club, uh, which is based on Habakkuk One Five. Um, which uh, for those of you that haven't spent much time in the book of habakkuk that's Mm -hmm. become sort of a rallying cry for our ministry and uh it is it it reads this way look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for i'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told and that's just that's kind of how you describe the last 12 to 14 years of our ministries god's just done things that we can't explain um and if he had told us beforehand, we would have probably said, nah, God, you're crazy. So uh, you, you guys are faithful supporters of the ministry uh, through the 1-5 Club. And then also uh, we were working on a project for this summer where we were bringing an, an 18 u national team, baseball team, to town uh, for a few weeks from the Middle East. And, uh, of course, COVID claimed another victim there. But um, So you've been involved with the ministry for a long time. So let me ask you this. What have you seen through the years, both with Impact Sports, but more importantly, across the sports landscape in all, all three sports and beyond, because mm-hmm. we'll come back to maybe a fourth sport right. here in a minute, um, but across the sports landscape, what what makes you think that that sports can be an effective tool for ministry?
1: I, j- I just have, have seen it. Uh, it's, it's experience uh, over all mm-hmm. the years that I've been involved in sports. One of the things about sports that – uh, lends itself to ministry is it brings people together. It it gets people uh, on the same team, so to speak, and gets people working toward a common goal. And uh, one of the great things about uh, being on on a team is you, you become closer to those individuals than you do even your own family sometimes. Hmm. And um, that lends to that intimacy that that if you really care about people, you're going to share the most important thing that's going on in your life. Hmm. And, and And if you're a if you're uh, a Christian, that's that's your relationship with Jesus. And if once you get to know them mm-hmm. and you care about them, it's just really automatic. You're going to share that with them, mm-hmm. and and it doesn't have to be. I never I never have been a preacher, and uh, doesn't have to be in a preaching way. I think just showing them you care and showing them that you want the best for them. And mm-hmm. if you if you're a Christian, wanting the best for them means you want them to know Jesus too. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's good. And the uh, we've always said but we've experienced it firsthand where you said sports unites people I think sports also creates relationships that right. really almost can't be replicated in any other way um, with the speed and you, know, you you grow close to people right. just because you're playing ball together right. and, um, and I think that's one of the reasons that it works as you're talking about and um, y- y- people working for a to- uh, working towards a common goal Uh, the common interest surface and um, so I I think that's a great point. Let me ask you this, what made you go into coaching? So you played baseball in college, Uh, you coached some, you coached the local high school while you were in college, but what made you decide that's what you want to do afterwards?
1: Yeah, I I think probably the the biggest influence on my life has been my dad and uh, he he never was a professional coach but uh, he was always coaching us when we played in the backyard and played on the church softball team and all the different things that he taught us and it was all watching him deal with people and it wasn't just me my brother and i brothers and i that that benefited from that i mm. saw how he affected a whole community by the way he brought people together mm. and, and it's what we're talking about in sports and and he did that in a way that that um he also included the fact that um he wanted them to know why he was doing it and he wasn't doing it because he wanted to be a have a good team he wanted them to know about jesus yeah. that's That was what it was all about. And um, just watching him do that, watching my two brothers uh, coach and and play together, uh, I never had any doubt that I wanted to be a coach. Mm -hmm. It was part of my DNA, I guess.
0: Hmm. That's neat. And There's a whole side series to this with what you're talking about. It's the idea of legacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are you leaving behind that lasts long after you are gone? Or finished or retired mm. or moved on or whatever. Um, that's, that's a, man, I, that could be a whole series in itself. Uh, but speaking of series, the premise for this series is that every great leader has to be a good coach, um, regardless of the context. Right. You know, we hear coach, we think sports, right? Right, And that's our default. I had uh, coffee with somebody yesterday morning that is a business coach. Um, he, he's a leadership guru, and um, he said the word coach, and immediately whistles came to mind, right? You know, that's, that's, my, that's what I picture as a coach, but he was talking about it in a business context. And so the premise of this whole series has been that in order to be – you have to be a good leader in order to be a good coach. And we've been interviewing coaches, mm-hmm. but the, the second part of that is you have to be a good coach to be a good leader, and so I want to ask you: How have you found that to be true in your career, and whether that's personal experiences you've had, mm-hmm. or you've as you've moved into athletic administration and that sort of thing, you've seen it through other coaches mm-hmm. that serve under you? Um, and if you found that to be true, how? Right. I think it is. I think it is
1: certainly mm-hmm. true. And and some of the best leaders that I've ever observed and watched with, watched and worked with, and and, and served under. people who brought people together and i think that's what coaching is all about getting people on the same page Mm. working toward that common goal and doing it in a way for a great coach gets people to to do things they wouldn't ordinarily do Mm. and and teaching them to to that it's that it's going to be good for them and i think at the heart of that is it has to be in that person's best interest I, i i tell people all the time that i think Kids want discipline. They want discipline, but they want it from somebody who loves them, mm. who cares about them, yep. who has their best interest at heart. And I think the same thing is about coaching and leading. If if I know that you have my best interest at heart, I'll I'll do a lot mm-hmm. for you and, and for for the lead, the way you lead me is gonna be um you you know what's best for me and you know you want what's best for me. And that's easy to follow. Yeah. And I think making it easy for people to follow you is what makes a great leader.
0: Hmm. Knowing that they you have their best interests at heart, they're willing to follow you through anywhere. Sometimes we talk about great coaches, um, uh, Coach Ayers, uh, football coach at longtime football coach at Wofford. I remember um, hearing him speak one time, and I'm I'm not a football guy. I never played football. I did coach, and so again, (laughs) I rival you with the uh, possibly the worst football coach ever. But um, I did have to coach football for two years. But I remember hearing him speak for the first time. And I thought, man, I don't play football, but I'd play for him. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that that's it is, is whatever you ask of me, right. whether it's what I want to do or not, um great coaches have the ability to ask in such a way that their only response is absolutely yes.
1: And I think the best best discipline that you can have is not wanting to let somebody else down. Mm. Uh, I think about that with my with my dad. Well, he didn't have to discipline me a whole lot because I didn't want to do anything to let him down. Mm. And I think as a coach, what I tried to do is set an example that the players wanted, uh, set the bar so that the players wanted to reach that bar mm. and and then lead them to that and, and let them know you're pulling for them and, and encourage them. And encouragement is such a huge part of coaching. Um, I see it all the time. And, and, in my role as an administrator, sometimes I, I cringe at, at some coaches who who use the opposite. Yeah. Uh, and uh, encouragement is what people want mm-hmm. from you. And uh, it's also, and, and I keep going back to this with, with so many of the young coaches I've, I've had the, the pleasure to work with, that's the best way for you to get what you want mm. is to be an encourager, not, not using the stick but using the yeah. carrot and, and trying to lead people where they want to go because you really care about them.
0: Well, you said lead. You're leading. P- that picture is you in front and them following. Okay. The stick. You, you're behind them. Yeah. If if you're if you're trying to lead them from the front and hit them with a stick, you're not going backwards, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. And so, in order for the stick to work, you've got to be behind them, right? And so that picture of leadership is someone out front, mm-hmm. and the the picture as you're talking about encouraging and the the players buying in to know that you care about them i i was i just I, I talked to my son um last night or the night before and he had just met with his college coach and had an individual meeting and in the in the year of covid and and crazy recruiting rules and stuff it was the actually the first time he had met the coach face to face and he said that uh she his his one of his track coaches um Took her, took him into in her office, and said, "Here, when it's just you and me, I'll be anything you need me to be. I'll be a friend. I'll be a mentor. I'll be an encourager. I'll be a source of wisdom. Whatever you need, J- uh, just somebody to vent to, even. Mm. But out there, I'm going to push you, right? And he hadn't. And and this coach has a has a uh, a reputation for being one who really pushes kids and holds them to a high standard and accountable and everything else which obviously as a dad and a coach i love um but he's not seen that yet out on the track but he told me on the phone after meeting with her he said you know what having that meeting in there with her there i'm willing to do whatever i need to do on the track and that's that's it in a nutshell
1: it really is it's it's Letting them know you care enough about them to hold them to that high standard. Mm-hmm. because for them to get to where they want to go, somebody's got to push them and somebody's got to set the bar. And leadership is is so much more than than a title.
0: Mm. Leadership is so much more than a title. That'll preach. Um, coaching is full of stories. Mm right and encounters and and moments with kids and moments even in a game in fact uh one of our our last top five on the fifth uh bonus episode that we did last month uh was the top five sports moments of all time right and so sports lends itself to the moments and and the uh the things you where were you when this happened right and um and so i Share a funny moment, a funny story oh. uh, from your coaching days. Something, and and if if you need some prompting, I can I can share one with you with one of your players. <laughs> share with me recently, but. <clears throat> um, but give me something.
1: Sure well, here's, here's a great one. Uh, and I shared this with, with him the other night. not long ago we were at a, at a dinner together and uh, Sean Rogers, who is on staff at First Baptist North Spartanburg and uh, is, is one of my pastors now uh, who played for me for four years at Wofford. Um, we had gone to play Furman and, and we were not we were Division two or NAI at the time. they're Division one. We're not even supposed to be on the same field with them, right. And uh, we go over there, and we we, we beat them. And, and the reason we beat them, uh, Sean played first that day. He was a pitcher, first baseman, and and he hit a ball in the corner uh, with the bases loaded, and he ends up on third base. And I'm stepping there, and, and I told him the other night, I, I said when I hugged you, I thought I was going to squeeze the life out of you because I was so happy. Yeah. Uh, and he said he said I probably killed you too. And I said just one of those moments to where uh, euphoria and excitement and. Um, we've kind of climbed the mountain, which was a really cool point. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, speaking of moments and and memories and that kind of stuff, would you share with us um, maybe a coaching success and a coaching failure? Because the reality is we fail, you know, almost every day, Uh, whether it's in our family, in our marriage, in our relationship with the Lord – uh, with our teams in a boardroom, whatever it might be, we, we're going to mess up every day, and so I don't just want to celebrate the successes, right. but encourage people with with failures as well.
1: Right. I think mean, anybody who's ever coached, you you have both of those, right? Yeah. You you have the the exciting moments, and you have the the moments where you you wish you'd done something a little bit different. And uh, I think for me, one of those one of those kind of situations is when when. You, you bring a kid in, and you've recruited him, and you've uh, tried to mentor him, and you've tried to teach him, and it just doesn't go well. And uh, and you have to then discipline them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes you even have to go to the extreme of, of having to remove them from the team. And that's, that's a really hard thing to do, and I've had to do that um, because it's the best thing for everybody, best mm-hmm. thing for the team, even for the individual. And uh, I can remember a, a young man I had to do that with that uh, I spent uh, an inordinate amount of time trying to teach him. Uh, how to behave and how to act, uh, even on the field, and mm-hmm. it just didn't work off the field for him, and um, just really disappointed about that. And still to this day, now uh, know that know the young man even now, and and uh, and still uh, hold him as a as a person that I, that I try to work with, and it just didn't work. Hmm. Uh, successes are so much more to talk about, <laughs> and uh, so much more fun to talk about. Yeah. But, but the, the real successes in this is. And uh, John, you'll know these some of these guys uh, that have gone on that you had a piece, uh, and maybe a very very small piece in, in their development as a as a person, huh. and they go on to be a, a pastor or go on to be a coach somewhere very mm. successful, or go on to be a business leader or somebody that comes back to our campus and works on our campus and as a leader uh, at the at the place where they went to college. Yeah, uh, those things are are remarkable and one of the, the great things uh, that I get to do as, as a guy who's coached this long is just relish in all those people that you had uh, some kind of contact with and you hope you've pushed them forward. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think a good coach um, slash good leader, whether we're talking about the context of a, of a field or a court or, you know, a corporate setting, mm-hmm. um, the... And this goes back to you talking about encouraging your players and, and letting them know mm-hmm. that um, beyond anything, you care for them as people, not just players. Um, and I think the same could be true for a boss in a corporate setting. Right. I care for you as a person, not just a worker, right? Um, or a possible uh, source of output or revenue or whatever that might be. Um, but as you're, <clears throat> excuse me, as you're talking about that idea. I picture someone who is uh, who is loving people beyond the court beyond mm-hmm. the field loving people beyond the boardroom or the the the, the, the office building right. um, do you have any any uh, images of that that come to mind when you're talking about your your players because that's the context we're, sure. we're, we're talking about your players um and pouring into their lives off the courts and, and what that has looked like through the years.
1: Yeah. I think that's one of the, one of the real pleasures of, of coaching is you get to, once you've done it a while, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to move on. All of them aren't going to play forever. Right. And uh, uh, so what happens is you become friends with them mm-hmm. and you become uh, somebody they'll call when they have, when they have their first child or mm-hmm. they call when they've got a problem, they're trying to solve or they call, Help getting you to help them get a job, yeah. Uh, and more, what great pleasure you take in in going to bat for somebody who literally going to bat for somebody who has gone to bat for you <laughs> uh, in baseball. That is is so true. Pun intended. And, right? Pun intended there. And and it's uh, and I've been able to do that uh, on lots of occasions. And and to see guys who who you struggled with even mm-hmm. when they were playing for you, and to see them go out in the world and do wonderful things and. Uh it's, it's just really a, a great pleasure. I, I don't like social media in a lot of ways, but the wonderful thing about Facebook
0: is it allows me to keep yeah. up with those guys yeah.
1: and to see what they're doing, to see their families. and um, Man, it's just a joy.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, I asked you this question ahead of time, so I've given you a little bit of time to, to think about it. But if you had to say two, three, four pillars of, to your coaching philosophy that hold up who you want to be as a coach what are those
1: that's uh, to for me it's it's you got to care mm. you got to care so much about the people you're you're working with uh and if you care about them you're going to hold them to a to a level of discipline i mm-hmm. think care and discipline and then just uh being willing to uh to go in the battle with them mm-hmm. and and make sure they understand win or lose and and I think that's so important in coaching because so many times we just talk about the wins, but yeah. win or lose, you're mine. Yeah. And uh, I, I used to, when, when I I see some of the guys that even you know that had played a long time ago, when you you you're one of mine, and uh, you never you never give that up. Mm. Um, it never goes away. It's a lifetime commitment you make to people. Yeah. And uh, so caring about people, holding them to a high level of discipline, and then watching watching the results.
0: Yeah. That's neat. That's good. So, you're going to take that wealth of coaching knowledge, and you have coached, did you say 46? 46. 46 years of coaching. And except for one year, even that was a partial year, I think you said, you started, uh, all of that has been with males. Yes. And you're married, have been married, how long have you and Pam been married? 37 years. 37 years. So, you know this, men and women are wired differently. (laughs) So, with that in mind, uh, you have now signed on to be the new, they are starting a softball program at Wofford College, and you are going to be the new softball coach at Wofford College. For those of you who may not know, that is a women's sport. So, Coach Line, except for a half a basketball season, will be coaching women for the first time. Tell me how you got to this point and what you see it looking like past this point. Uh, it, it's not funny, uh, <laughs> uh, although I, I think some people would think
1: it is. It, it's it's really an exciting thing uh, for me. I, I'm at the end, end of my career. I'm ready to retire uh, and can do that, I think. But uh, what we've uh, decided to do and, and with, in cons- consultation with our athletic director and our president, I'm going to start the softball program at Wofford and, and try to get it up and running. Uh, one of my main jobs is to is to try to hire a staff that can uh, take it forward and and make our program what we'd like for it to be, which is a, a program that that turns out quality young women mm-hmm. and uh, uh, tries to be competitive on the field. We're building a, a, a really nice stadium on campus. I'm gonna be involved in that over the next year, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm I'm pumped about it. I uh, it's it's gonna be fun. And uh, one of the things about coaching women and my wife clearly. Uh, as I was setting up my new office, which I did this week, uh, said... uh as I began to put things in the office, she said, no, 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 that's not going to work. This is going to be, a. <laughs> you're trying to attract women now. Uh, so we had to go back to square one in my well, office decor. Did,
0: what did she change in your office from baseball coach AD to softball coach?
1: She she started taking anything that had baseball on it and uh-huh. she said, we've got to move this. That's not what you're doing anymore. Uh, bats yeah. and plaques and things that said baseball. And she was exactly right as she usually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she added, uh, you got to have a little Color in here, and uh, Mm. a couple of plants would be a good thing too. So
0: and beyond the black and gold is what you meant, right? Something other than black and gold. So uh,
1: when you see my office, it'll be a little different than the old one.
0: (laughs) That's funny. So as you're talking, I realize that you are uh, you don't necessarily have a wealth of knowledge coaching women but you do have a wealth of knowledge being coached by a woman. Absolutely.
1: She's coached me for 37 (laughs) years. 37
0: years. years. Oh, that's funny. Uh, You know, the great thing uh, about coaching, regardless of the sport, and I learned this early on. I mentioned that I was a football coach, and and I wasn't very good because I had no experience. But because I had no experience coaching football, I realized that I had to connect with the kids. And I, I may have learned five or six plays and this is Mm -hmm. what i need you to do and i need you to do with everything you have i'm not going to wow you with x's and o's Mm -hmm. or strategy or you know cool play calls but this is what we need to do and this is what we need to do well and i learned more about the art of coaching coaching football and i was totally out of my comfort zone totally out of my my skill set and uh to use a baseball term sweet spot right um but I learned that there are principles that translate no matter what.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. And, and as as I, I go back to this new adventure I'm getting ready to embark on, I keep telling myself, and I literally tell myself this on every every morning, it's a day at a time, man. Mm-hmm. It's a day at a time. I've got so much I don't know mm-hmm. about this new uh, sport. Uh, I've got so much I don't know about coaching women, uh, but I do know this: uh, if you care about them and you hold them to a high level of discipline people will usually rise to the occasion. Good ones will rise to the occasion. Yep. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm hoping will happen, and uh, gonna, this won't be a long-term deal for me, uh, but again, getting the right coaches in place so that the girls who we do recruit, the young women we do recruit, um, have somebody that follows up with them that cares about them.
0: Hmm. And uh, as, as a parent of a, hmm. uh, a child who was, or a young man who was being recruited this past year, that means something to the parents as well, right? And um, I
1: think that's that's uh, I've always told people this. I said I'm a really good mother's recruiter. Uh, <laughs> if I could get in the living room with with the mom and yep. get in across the table from them, uh, they they see that. I think it's just if you're authentic with people yeah. and you tell them, uh, look, if your kid comes to play for me, uh, I'm going to take care of them. Mm. Uh, that's what that's what parents want to hear, uh, and uh, you have to. And if you do that, you've got to be you've got to follow through because uh, they'll hold you to it. And uh, you've got to be willing to do that and, and put the best interest of that kid uh, ahead of yourself sometimes.
0: You've said several key words uh, during this, and I, I want to just kind of sum up with these. Um, you, you mentioned authenticity um, with, your, with your players, but also with their parents in the recruiting process, but just being who you say you are. Um, and I think sometimes we get ourselves in trouble by trying to be somebody we're not. And authenticity is a lot easier, actually, when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, caring for your players. So authenticity, caring for your players, holding them accountable, uh, disciplining them when necessary or holding them to a high level of discipline. And w- we oftentimes think that discipline is, you know, getting spanked, right? As a kid growing up, you, if you're being disciplined, you're, you either got the switch or you got put on restriction. Right. But discipline is the daily things that the, the grind, the the, uh, the commitment to the task.
1: Yeah, the best the best discipline anybody ever has is self discipline. Mm-hmm. And if you can teach your players to to have self discipline, mm-hmm. it makes your job lots easier. Oh, yeah. And uh, and that's what I've always tried to do with, with with players is is try to get them to understand why you're doing things, and then get them to buy into doing those things so that you can achieve the goal you're all working toward. Mm-hmm. So that's. Uh, that makes it a whole lot easier than having to stay behind them all yeah, the time.
0: Yeah, that's right. And then uh, the last one you mentioned was trust. Mm-hmm. Them trusting you, right. you trusting them, and then them trusting each other. Right. Um, and that's a picture, I think, of um, somebody else that, w- that we know, uh, a guy named Jesus. <laughs> and so I say all that to say this. Uh, coaching is instructing and then empowering. In that, in that order, instructing them and then empowering them to do what you've taught them to do. And there's no better picture of that than Jesus, as I said. He had 12 guys with him all the time, training them and pouring into them, modeling for them, and then ultimately empowering them. Uh, if you look at the Great Commission, the command that Jesus gave those men right before he ascended. So uh, picture this. You're a coach in the locker room, and you're about to go out for a game, and you've given them game plan. You've given them strategy and all that kind of stuff. Preachers do the exact same thing. If you didn't hear anything else I said, hear this, right? And usually that's the last thing, you know, and you're getting ready to storm the court, you're storming the field, and you want them with this one thing on their mind, it's the last thing you give them, and that's the picture with, with Jesus talking to his team right here. And he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. I've trained you. You're my team. Now you go out and you train, coach, lead others, and then teach them what I've taught you. And that's that's the picture of coaching is, is the multiplication idea. So he's saying, if, you're, if, if I can have a little bit of liberty with, with the word of God here, I think Jesus is saying, I've coached you. Now go coach others. I've led you. Now it's time for you to lead others. So, Coach Line, thanks again for joining us uh, today. I got a lot out of it. Um, I look forward to the opportunity to uh, come visit your new office and see the new colors and, and decorations <laughs> in, the, uh, in the softball office. Uh, but I know our listeners got a lot out of it as well, and so good luck with everything coming up. Um, hey, guys, as a reminder, I also want to let you know that we release a new episode the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you're brand new to the podcast, go back and check out episode one so you can learn a little bit more about Impact Sports, what we do, but most importantly, why we do it. And then I'd also ask that you share this podcast with anyone you think may be interested. Subscribe to this wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us and follow us on social media. You can follow us at Impact underscore stories on Instagram or Impact Sports International on Facebook. Uh, Again, that's impact underscore stories on Instagram or impact sports international on Facebook. Thank you guys. Join us again next time on I say all that to say this.